Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Technology and Tangents. Our hosts for the day are Jeff Robb, Kate Wagner, and myself, Joshua Brown, and we are the Castle Technology Partners. So today, this episode is about cybersecurity. And the first thing is, you know, what is cybersecurity? So the textbook definition of cybersecurity is the application of technologies, processes, and controls to protect systems, networks, programs, devices, and data from cyber attacks. Now, we're going to take our time and we're going to dive deeper into what is cybersecurity and what it means. But let me ask this question to you first, Kate. What does cybersecurity mean to you? Thanks, Josh. Cybersecurity means to me protecting myself, my business, the people and things that I love and care about most from things and threats on the Internet. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, when we go into listing out some of the common types of cyber attacks, the things that come to my mind are uh, ransomware attacks, business email compromises, uh, password attacks, phishing attempts, spear phishing attempts, malware attacks. Like these are some of the things that uh, that just come off the top of my mind or, of cyber risk or cyber attacks. Uh, and, you know, for the business owner, one thing that we want to empower you to know is how to protect yourself from these attacks. So of, of these attacks that I've just, you know, touted out let's let's talk through these attacks so to get a better understanding of them so you know just to list out some some common cyber security attacks that come off the top of my head uh number one to me is is a business email compromise um that you probably see the terminology back bec and under business email compromise are things like us like a phishing attack and and Jeff, we we spoke, you know, a little bit about those or what phishing attacks are. I uh, previously fell victim to a phishing attack where, you know, something was sent to me via Facebook and, and I clicked on it and, and put my password in and the next thing I know I'm locked out of my Facebook account. So, you know, these are very common things uh, that happen from from multiple angles of, of the Internet or you know, social hacking or just, you know, cyber in the cyberspace. So let's let's dive deeper into, you know, what are phishing attacks um, and what are spear phishing attacks and what is a business email compromise? It's a great point, Josh. Um, spear phishing is when I'm doing a targeted phishing email. So I'm going to target the HR person or the CEO of a business in order to, or the, the accounting person in order to hopefully compromise them in order to gain any kind of account information, social security numbers, anything that's super important. In addition to that, I can spearfish like a CEO and then I can do what's called whaling where I send an email as if I'm not CEO to other people. So I look like I'm this big whale. You need to listen to me. I'm an authority uh, within the business and I need you to make a transfer or I need you to go buy a bunch of gift cards and mail them to so-and-so. Uh, so those are 
couple of common ways instead of me just doing the shotgun method of I'm going to send out a ton of emails and see what I get back. They actually will do research uh, into your business, see who those key decision makers are, and just do spear phishing emails. And then there's, you know, ransomware attacks. Now, these are the these are the big cyber attacks that are really happening. These are the ones where you have something sent, you click on the link, and then you're blocked out of your computer. And, and the, the bare minimum of terms, that is a ransomware. You can't access your data. Now your data is being held ransom or your computer is being held ransom until you pay that ransom, you don't get access to any of that information. Uh, and we've seen this happen multiple times uh, over the last couple of years. And, and, and you know, if we look at um, what was the pipeline, it was the pipeline that just had the big, the big hit about colonial the colonial pipeline. They just had a huge hit uh, with the ransomware attack. And it was, it, I think it winded up being where a former employees that, you know, employees that no longer work there, their credentials and their email accounts were still active and they had gotten compromised by, you know, their email and password being out in the wild. And then that's how the bad guy got in. And from there, he was able to do other phishing attempts uh, and, and, and get access to that data. You know, and I, and I bring up the pipeline. That, that's a large one that has uh, caused a, a lot of uh, fear in, in the entire economy uh, that, that just recently happened. But, you know, even the small mom and pop stores are, are they're, they're very high targets for ransomware attacks or these cyber attacks because, you know, we, we recently uh, heard someone speak about if you're a florist and one of your, you, you, one of the shops that you supply flowers to is a hospital, one of the business that you supply this to is a hospital, well, they want to get in to you because you have those emails, you have that information, you have the hospital's uh, routing number possibly. You know, in your data, so they want to attack you, get inside, get that information so that they can get the bigger fish, you know, using my air quotes. That no one can see. <laughs> well, you know, they we use, everybody's using their imagination on that. But these are, you know, some of the common cybersecurity attacks that are happening. Um, and when I think about ransomware, that is the one that is in the news the most. But there are all these, you know, the phishing attempts and the business email compromises that are happening to uh, local businesses, even in our territory uh, here down in the Gulf Coast, the greatest part of the United States. Cheap plug. Uh, but, you know, even down here that are sending some businesses out of out of business, early retirement or or just, you know, a lot of people are probably afraid to talk about it, but, you know, this is what this podcast is for, technology and tangents, to, to have these discussions and educate uh, everyone that we come in contact with. So let's get into how you can protect yourself from these. So to me, the, the biggest way to prevent phishing is through education. Educating your employees. Don't click on links you don't know. 
don't open files from people you don't know. Don't put USB drives in your computer that you just find somewhere. Uh, when we think about uh, phishing, one of the, the ways to prevent it is multi-factor authentication. Kate, I think you have a few examples of multi-factor authentication. So multi-factor authentication outside of just your username and your password is also going to be something you know. So multi-factor authentication is essentially another layer of protection outside of your username and your password. So if you're logging into any banking accounts or email accounts or anything important with just a username and password and it's not prompting you for that second level or multi-factor level, then this is what we're talking about that needs to be in place. You know, but what does that, what exactly does that second level or multi-factor is it? Is that, you know, where, where would that pop up? Is that hitting my cell phone or where, what is it? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's going to be either something that you know, like a security question, something that you have, which would be like a cell phone that you have on you or a fingerprint, like a biometric or your face, something that you are, something that you have is going to be like your cell phone, something that you are, the biometric uh, like your face, facial recognition or a fingerprint, somewhere you are. So if you are in a certain location, your IP address, that kind of thing, or a time-based. So it's within a certain amount of time, you have to get like an authentication code on your cell phone, that kind of thing. I mean, you only have so many seconds to actually use that before it expires. So... Something I'd like to bring up real quick. Have y'all seen the Facebook polls? What was your first car you drove? Mm-hmm. Yep. What was your pet's first name? What do you think they're doing there? Gathering data. Gathering data to defeat the security questions that some places use. They don't care about me. They don't want to know. Because... I mean, let's, the cyber criminals, they're doing things like they're going on your Facebook page. They're going to your about. They're trying to figure out when's your birthday, what city you were born in. You know, you, you probably have your, your if you, like, you probably have your mom and dad and your you know, brothers and sisters listed. You probably have, if you've had your Facebook for a long time, you probably have your first car a picture of it and probably have a post about your first cars. And these are some of those very simple, very easy to remember questions that are security questions that they're using this data whenever they're able to grab your email. And let's look, let's look at the, our emails. Generally, uh, if you work for a business, your email is the first letter of your first name and your full last name. And then at walmart.com. So they already have your email. Now, if you got your your password as Larry1992 because your name's Larry and you were born in 92, guess what? 
you've been compromised. And you're probably using that same password for everything else. Yep. The, the, the uh, potential, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? The likelihood of you using that password, if you have such a simple password, the likelihood of you using that password somewhere else, is it goes exponentially higher probably using it for your Netflix. And we've all seen that, you know, companies like Target have been breached. We've seen, you know, the Netflix breaches. I believe recently there was a, and Jeff, you probably know a lot more about this. There was a, a social hacking of uh, Grand Theft Auto. It's actually Rockstar. Rockstar, Rockstar. <laughs> but what, what happened there? All right, Josh, so you just asked about Rockstar. Let's go back to multi-factor authentication real quick before we, 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 we talk about Rockstar. So when we talk about the, the different methods that, that Kate talked about, the least secure is going to be the questions about yourself. The text messaging, SMS is going to be the next least secure. And then we get into number generation, number generators like Google Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator, and then you've got your biometric, your fingerprints, your eye scans, face scans, all that good stuff. So if you have a website that you log into a lot and they give you options for multi-factor authentication, you want to pick the most secure one. If your only option are the questions about yourself. Do not use real data about yourself. If it says, what was the first car you ever had? You can put any word in there you want. So if that is your only option, come up with something that you can put in there. You're going to have to write it down, keep track of it, but do not use real information. So Josh, going back to the Rockstar hack that happened recently, people were able to get in, I believe it was a teenager in the United Kingdom, mm. to Rockstar's Slack account. They were then able to look at messages that had been sent back and forth between employees and download videos of the game in progress that they then released out on the internet. They got into their Slack. They got in through Slack. A teenager. That that makes me, <laughs> I want to say the phrase, hello world. Because think about all the people in the world. This is where my mind goes. Think about all the people in the world. You have teenagers and fully grown adults who are hacking into things. And some of them are doing it just for the pleasure of it. So you have to protect yourself. You have to protect your business. Sounds like a super fan. This kid was probably really excited about <laughs> the new GTA. Was like, I really want to see what's going on. Want to be the first. We, we've all been real excited about the new GTA for the last 10 years. Wait a minute. There hasn't been a. <laughs> no. no. It's been GTA 5 for like 10 years. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. I'm wrestling, so there we go. But, you know. It would be like if The Undertaker was returning and I were to get that information before. Yes. <laughs> Man. Yep. And he had a new outfit. 
Man. he was going to wear. New haircut, new look. New hat. No, you can't replace new, the hat. You can't. You can't mess with the hat. New but moves. He actually, he actually changes the hat. Does he change the hat? Yeah, the hat is, is different uh, variations to the hat. I'm I'm a stone cold Steve Austin kind of guy. Okay, well, in 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 a wrestling form, what we want to empower the business owners to do is to is to stun the cyber criminals with a stone cold stunner. That was a little cheesy, but that, you know, that was good. <laughs> but so going back to what well, we we're talking about, the phishing attacks um, and what multi-factor authentication is. And so one of the uh, things that bolster uh, multi-factor authentication are, are, are softwares and programs like LastPass and, and Keeper. So let's talk about that. What is LastPass and what's Keeper? Katie, do you want to take a stab at that? So LastPass and Keeper, and there are a few other ones too, they essentially take the burden off of you of remembering all of these unique usernames and passwords that you should be having. And they store all of that. They create very, very long, complicated passwords that are unique for each login and they help you manage those passwords. They're a password manager. What you have to do is keep up with one password in order to get into LastPass or Keeper to access your other accounts. This is where multi-factor authentication really comes into play. If you decide to go the password manager route, which I strongly suggest, you need to have whatever level of multi-factor authentication you use needs to be the most secure. Now, you say you strongly suggest it, but I I think I read an article about uh, companies like Microsoft starting to, like, that's, that's mandated. All of their applications, if you use them, will you will have to have multi-factor authentication. Is that, is that correct? Is, I think that's what the article was stating. Yes. In September, it is going to be mandatory for everybody. What are the options going to be? You can use the Microsoft Multi-Authenticator app. They let you use Google as well if you would like. You also must set up a cell phone number for a text message as a backup. Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, for those of you who are already using the power of Microsoft, uh, you, September, September of 2023 or this this September here? I forgot that it's currently September. <laughs> it is this month. This month. Wake me up when September ends. Ah, so, yeah. Banger. Yeah. But so, that is a that is a and it's all about security. It's all about trying to secure your data. Can we talk about real quick what is Microsoft Authenticator and what is Google Authenticator? Mm -hmm. How do those work? Great question. This is an application on your phone, on your cell phone, smartphone, that when you go to set it up, it's gonna say 
scan this QR code. So Microsoft will have a QR code on your computer screen, or it, you can enter in this long digit code if you needed to in order to set it up. But you take your cell phone with the app, the Authenticator app open, you're going to scan that QR code, and it essentially pairs your Microsoft account with your Authenticator app. And then every, I think it's 15 seconds, if I'm not mistaken, on the timer, 30 seconds, it cycles through on your app. So if you, even if you aren't trying to log in to Microsoft, you could have the app open on your phone and you'll see it and it's going to do a little timer. So you'll have a six digit code and then it recycles itself. So let's talk about something. What is an issue with multi-factor authentication? Mm. I'll tell you what it is right now. Convenience. Yeah. It's an extra step that I got to take to get into my stuff. Not only that, what happens when you lose your phone? <laughs> what happens if you update your phone right. or, or your computer, which you should always update, but what happens when you do that and now you got to try to re... What happens when your phone gets hacked? Because that happens. That's real. Yeah. People think that iPhones can't be hacked, but it can. So with a lot of these, they will give you 10 single-use passwords. So if you lose your phone, something happens to your phone, you've got 10 passwords you can use once. So what I usually do is I'll print that out and put that in the safe. Let me tell you what I do with those. What do you do with those? I delete them. <laughs> I don't ever keep track of them. <laughs> it's not the smart thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> when you start to go to to go down this cybersecurity route, you give up convenience. Yeah. But you're also making it less convenient for someone to hack into your stuff. Absolutely. It is, it is more difficult. For sure. It's difficult on you to do it, but it also makes it more difficult for someone else. Just realize, I, I know for me, my devices only ask for it at 10 o'clock at night when I'm trying to log in to my gaming server. <laughs> and it asks me for a, a code that's on my iPad which I left at the office. Absolutely. Now, you know, don't lose hope. And uh, these things seem uh, scary. It seems like it was just, I should just throw away all my electronic devices. No, we're not, we're not, we're not telling you that we're trying to bring about awareness so that you can protect yourself and so that you can protect your data. It's already it is difficult for the bad guys to get in, but if you put these protections that we're that we've already discussed and the ones that we're going to continue to go over, you you just made it more impossible, um, not completely impossible, but more impossible or difficult for them to break in. Absolutely, and I think just relating to everyone, even if you are not tech savvy, that even people who are tech savvy don't like doing these things and they it sucks but it's something that's necessary in order to keep us safe and keep our data safe and that's where 
companies like ours here at Castle Technology Partners. This is this is where we are, you know, in our name, technology partners for you because it's, it's a lot to to try to um, fully comprehend and understand. And you're you're busy working on your business, whether it's an accounting firm, whether it's a car dealership or an attorney's office or a florist shop. You're busy working on your craft or what you know. And to have this other uh, this this other part of your business, which is the technology part that I'm referencing to, that you know demands a lot of time and energy. You know, having a technology partner to secure your castle, and that's our main goal: to make sure that your business, which we're calling your castle, is secure and your information is secure. Uh, that's that's what that's what we look for. So that's why companies like us exist. So let's talk about something else that no one really likes to do, in my opinion, is updating your computer. (laughs) You're in the middle of something really important, and you get that notification at the bottom that says your computer is about to restart for updates in 10 seconds. And it starts counting down, and you really have a deadline, and you're like, oh, I'm just going to postpone that. Remind me next week. Let's talk about why that's important, why we should really take the time to be updating our computer. It really goes back to what Josh was saying about ransomware, ransomware attacks. And we could also talk about our next generation antivirus software is why that's important to have instead of just a legacy antivirus, what the differences are between those two softwares. So what we're going to do here, we're, we're going to put a pin there. And we would like for everyone to join us for part two and we'll we'll dive deep into ransomware patch management updating your computer and next generation antivirus we want to give you the information and uh, on these tools that you need to know as a business owner so please do join us for part two of our cybersecurity talk <laughs>